How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, it's an open line Friday. I'm happy to have you. I I got stuff to say, though. Now, I'm kind of, I got to push back on some stuff. So we've had this phenomenon. This is not just a phenomenon of my show because I I don't listen to talk radio. Uh, And and the reason I don't listen to talk radio is is when Rush was around and and really was as much a mentor as a friend, I could ask him anything about radio. and He's the one who got me into radio, guest hosted for him over the years. And one of the things he told me was he doesn't listen to talk radio, and I should not either because I inevitably will hear someone say something And if I say something like what that person has said, well, then I might be accused of stealing from that person and better not to listen and to get other people's ideas in my head uh, when I can come up with my own ideas because it's my job. And so I, I don't listen to talk radio anymore. But I do talk to talk radio show hosts, many of whom are friends of mine. And we've all been dealing with this weird thing where where some listeners who identify as on the right, call in and really do root against this country, that we're we're getting what we deserve. We're no longer a good country. And I I, got to say again, and I've said it so many times in the last two weeks, it's getting redundant to say, but seriously, we are catechized by the people we surround ourselves with. We begin to reflect the people we surround ourselves with. And there are a lot of people who listen to talk radio, who are politically active, who are surrounding themselves with people sowing doubts about the integrity and goodness of this country, and they've decided to hate the country. And the chief part of this is the people who have swapped God for politics as their as that which they worship. We got a bunch of idol worshipers, and you can tell the idol worshipers by the people who have the sense of hopelessness in their life right now about the state of the country based on who's in charge of it. We are a flawed nation, and we're flawed because we're a country of people, not angels. People are stupid. People are sinners. The whole reason I'm a conservative is because I know we're all sinners, and I want as few in charge of me as possible, so I'm a small government conservative. There are a lot of people out there on the left and the right who equally now despise this country, and all they can see are the flaws of this country. They refuse to see the good in the country unless their people are in charge of it. We see this play out on a daily basis with phone calls to this talk show, uh, people rooting against this country, 
uh, purported conservatives, people on the right, rooting against the United States of America because the Democrats are in charge of it. The wokes are in charge of it. Look at what they're doing in schools, indoctrinating kids. This country's so bad these days. You know, there are portions of this country that are bad. San Francisco is a great example of it. In St. Louis, Missouri, I think it's very notable. In St. Louis, Missouri, they have an LGBTQ whatever alphabet gang curriculum in schools, and they've just exempted Muslim families from having to take it. Why the hell is there an alphabet gang curriculum in a public school to begin with? Yeah, there are problems in this country. There are problems in every country. But I'd still rather be an American than be in any one of those other countries. And that that's part of the issue here is that people who are hating on this country can't really name any other country they would go to. Like, for example, there's been this fascination on the right about uh, Viktor Orban and Hungary. You don't want to live in Hungary. I, I, I Go live in Hungary. See how you like it for a while. It's easy for you to bash this country um, and get away with it because you're going to get away with it. Then it actually is to go to another country, live there, and attack that country. Look at Alexei Navalny, dead in Russia. He was a critic of Vladimir Putin. Not only have they uh, killed him, but this evening, their, their time, it's overnight there, protesters are being beaten in the streets for protesting his death. In this country, we've seen rioters storm through and burn down middle American cities, and they got away with it. In Russia, not only would they not get away with it, which you and I can agree with, but a lot of them would die, which I wouldn't agree with. In this country, your vote still matters, and some of you have so imbibed the hatred and lies of people to tell you that your vote doesn't matter, you've given up on the country because you made the country your God. You don't actually, you, you give lip service to the God of all creation, but you worship the God of politics. And when the God of politics doesn't transactionally give you what you want, you get angry. You give up on hope. You can't see the goodness in your neighbor who disagrees with you politically because politics is your God, so that person's a heretic because they disagree with you. And this is on you. It's not on me, and it's not on the country. The country's not to blame for this. I'm not to blame for this. You yourself are to blame for this. You are catechized by those you surround yourself with, and you've chosen to surround yourself with a group of so-called right-wing America haters who see doubts about this country's future, doubts about this country's integrity, and doubts about where this country is headed, and you've decided to give up on the country, just like the left has. And it really is this horseshoe theory in politics. The idea of the left and the right comes from 1789 and the French Revolution, where the people lined up in their French assembly those who supported the king and the world order that existed were on the right. Those who wanted revolution, the radicals, the socialists, they were on the left. And that spectrum, right versus left, continued. Right wanted uh, law, order, and respect for the existing order. The left wanted something new, wasn't so concerned about the law. They wanted revolution. In the 1930s in this country, it became noticeable to political scientists who had bought into the spectrum of right and left that there was actually, to some degree, a circle or a horseshoe. The people on the far left and the far right behaved and acted a lot like each other. They had a lot of the same ideas, but one on the right would package things as authoritarian and on the left totalitarian. The ones on the right would be national socialist. The ones on the left would be communist. But what's the difference between the two? Really nothing other than who's in charge and how their power is exerted. It's the same thing. Communism and Nazism are just kissing cousins of the same basic ideas. 
Now in this country, we see this playing out with on the far left, they believe the United States is a uh, imperialist, white, colonial, racist power that does not deserve to be in charge as an oppressor. And on the very far left, on the far right, the Tucker Carlson is the world where he lines up now. This country is bad and evil. It's so filled with sin, it's beyond redemption, and we need a new world order. The United States is unremarkable, except in its vanity and its pride and its gluttony and its greed and in the depravity of its people. They're on the same side. And their side is betting against the United States. And it's a choice on your part whether or not to bet against the United States. I don't. I think the United States as the leader of the free world makes the world a better place because I think we are a super country. I know people who say, well, everybody believes their country is the best. Actually, no. Most people believe our country is the best. That's why we have this flood of humanity coming across our borders. Many of them want to come here for a better way of life. Do some of them have ill intent? Undoubtedly so. Most of them just want to come here. They're not fleeing to any other country. They're fleeing here because they want what this country has. They want the ideals of this country. They want to be in some way touch the American dream. What's so interesting here is that there are so many people in this country who now believe the American dream is anathema. On the left, they believe it's racist. On the right, they believe it's unobtainable. They're all rooted against the country, and it's a choice. And they're rooted against the country because of the voices they've chosen to surround themselves with who have decided they hate this country because they can cash in and profit off that hate. They have decided they hate this country because their people are not in charge of it. And if only their people were in charge of it, they might just like this country again. It's very notable in the Gallup survey that came out a few weeks ago that I talked about. That on the right, uh, views of this country shift with who's in charge. It's very transactional love of this country. On the left, they've completely given up. On the left, it is a solid disdain for this country. Don't be like the left. Don't be like the left. It's absurd to the people who have called this program today who we haven't bothered to put on the air who are rooting against the United States, who think our time has come and it's time for us to get our just comeuppance. I saw a guy on social media this morning who I know and I like. Someone, a Russian immigrant to this country, was mocking Tucker Carlson for his grocery store video, saying, I could never get any of this stuff when I was in Russia. Look at the abundance that I can get in this country. And the guy who I know and like replied to him, it's like, oh, Russia may have its problems. I'm somewhat agnostic on what Tucker Carlson said, but look at all the horrible things in this country right now and look at where we've headed. Uh, that's a choice on your part to see the bad. I'm not saying there's not bad, but it's a choice on your part to elevate it. We are a federal system. There are bad parts of this country. There are parts of the country I don't want to go, and there are parts of the country that I don't want to live. But the genius of this country is that the people who live there, many of them made a choice to live there because it reflects their values, and they want it. And we're supposed to peacefully coexist. But the far left and the far right don't want to peacefully coexist in this country anymore. They want to tear the rest of us apart. They both sides want to go through some sort of great divorce. I am not here to divorce my fellow countrymen. I'm here to love my neighbor. You should be able to agree with, disagree with someone politically and not despise them. But too many people worship politics now. And when you worship politics, the person whose politics are different for you is not an opponent, but a heretic. And when you see them as a heretic, you see them as an enemy. 
In fact, much of politics these days is about tribalism and who's on whose side and who's the enemy and who's not. And it can turn on a dime. The great thing about being a person of faith first is that you know God's got this. I hear so many Theo bros on social media talking about the problems in this country and the the, 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 the brokenness of this country and the sins of this country. I'm like, y'all really do think that if you don't do something, nothing's going to happen. What about the Holy Spirit? God's in charge. He'll take care of it. All things work for the good of those called according to his purpose. But too many people who worship politics don't see it that way. They're betting against the country. Some of them are doing it for profit. I, it would be interesting if the Tucker Carlson of 10 years ago could hear the Tucker Carlson of today do what he's doing and wonder why. Has he embraced his Bill O'Reilly critique that uh, that's not a real person, that's a character on TV on display to make money? Probably. It's your choice who you align with in this country. But I want to be very clear to you, I am not going to align on the left or the right with people who hate this country who think its days are numbered or that its days should be numbered because those are the people who are willfully malcontented souls who worship at the altar of politics who are transactional at best and deeply broken people. The United States has flaws. We're always intending to be a more perfect union, a more perfect republic than we are. We're not a perfect country. We've got deep flaws. we got Joe Biden as president. But would I rather live in another country? Absolutely not. We're still the best country. We're still the best country. In fact, we can talk about our flaws. We can talk about our problems. We can talk about our leaders in pejorative terms, and we're not going to die tonight. And for those of you who say, well, what about, what about, what about the January 6th people? Well, maybe they shouldn't have stormed into the Capitol. What about Donald Trump? What about Roger Stone? You mean the guys who are still alive and living in their own houses and get to fly in private planes? Those guys, can you not distinguish between the two? Some of you don't want to distinguish because if you had to actually put your brain cells to work to realize it's not the same, you would have to recognize it's not the same, and you don't want to recognize it's the same because you choose to be angry. Your anger is a choice. Your victimhood's a choice, and your hate of the country is a choice unbecoming of any American. It is the choice the left in this country made in the 1950s and 60s when the communists co-opted their movement. And I can only lead myself to believe that at some point, some malcontented foreign souls have tried to co-opt portions of the right and turn it against the American nation, just like so many portions of the left were co-opted by the communists back in the day. Who has co-opted your brain? The people you've put into it to tell you this country is bad, irredeemable, or doesn't deserve what it has today. You've been listening to those voices. You should probably get them out of your head. You have been catechized by malicious people who hate this country, and you should not, because I suspect most of you have not been on planes traveling this world to go to other portions of this world, to go to other countries and see what they had. And if you did, when you got beyond the tourist traps and the shiny buildings, you would see that there is no country quite like ours. We are unique. We are special. We are the best. I make no apologies for it. And if you want to tell me that we're not or we can't afford to be or we shouldn't leave the, lead the world anymore, well, I'm happy to pay for your ticket to fly to some other country to live, and Delta is ready when you are. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, very happy to have you. Let me go to the phone to your mic. Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. How are you doing today? Good. What's going on? 
I just wanted to, I don't think you talked about it yet. This, the uh, Ukrainian guy, the DOJ arrested him for lying about yeah. the Bidens. And this, to me, is huge and very disappointing, I might add. Uh, what are your thoughts on how this yeah, affects Yeah, I just, you? you know, so, oh, who was it? Uh, was it Robert Heinlein? Um, I, I, somebody had three laws of, of government. And one of them was, um, always pursue, presume the decisions of a bureaucracy are made by its enemies. Um, what a, a dumb thing to do. Now, if you guys don't know what Mike is talking about, one of the guys who, um, signed the, the, one of the affidavits about what Hunter Biden did has been arrested uh, by the FBI uh, and charged with lying, I think, obstruction of justice and some other things. Um, and this is one of the, the key witnesses in in the impeachment investigation. Um, it, it was bad form to do this. Here's what you let's say. Let's just say, for example, that you really do think that he broke the law, that you really do think he committed a crime. You know what you do is you indict him so that you capture the statute of limitations, then you freeze it. You don't go round him up. Um, this does exactly play into the hands of the people criticizing the Biden administration for um, behaving, for example, like Vladimir Putin. It was a stupid, stupid thing for them to do. Uh, Merrick Garland himself just, uh, I mean, the whole thing is is ridiculous. They should not have done it. Now, I'll tell you what you should do is go to Vision Computers. Listen, um, l- let's say you're in need of a new computer and the thing that you loathe, the thing that we all loathe when we have to get a new computer you got to move all your files, and then it's not going to be set up the same way. You got your macro set, you got your program set, you got your files on your desktop saved in such a way. Uh, Vision can take care of that for you. They can transfer everything over to your new computer. So they've built you a new computer that's better than your current one. It's faster, probably even cheaper. And then they transfer everything over. It's just a marvelous, marvelous setup. And then they can be your IT solution so that if you ever have any questions about it, you can call them and instead of queuing up, standing in line, and maybe they'll call you back later, they answer the phone in 15 seconds or less. And on the rare occasion they're overwhelmed, they'll take your phone number and they'll call you back as soon as they can. It's a brilliant setup. They are going to be your lifeline to good tech support for you. They can even do it for your company too. Take, take care of everybody in your company. All you do is call them at 404-COMPUTE anywhere in the nation. 404-COMPUTE, 404-COMPUTE. You can go check them out at visioncomputers.com or call them at 404-COMPUTE. Tell them I sent you. You'll thank me later. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Ezra Klein, the left-wing blogger, podcaster, writer, is now coming out saying that uh, we need an intervention and uh, Nancy Pelosi and Barack Obama need to get Joe Biden to step out of the race. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. But first, let's go to Jarvis calling. Okay, now, Jarvis, are you a human or are you Tony Stark's computer system? No, I'm 100% human. Excellent. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Eric, um, I, uh, I'm a self-proclaimed news junkie. I <clears throat> absorb uh more than my fair share of news from different sources. I agree with a lot of what you say. I disagree with a lot of what you say. Um, but you struck a you struck a chord with me um, in your previous segment when you said when you look around and I'm paraphrasing when you look around at the world and the conditions it, it can become overwhelming. Um, but you take solace in the fact that God is in control. Um, 
I've said that so many times as I, you know, consume this, this horrible world news and look at this state of affairs in the, in the world. But then it occurred to me one day that, you know, also slavery, and I'm an African-American male, slavery took place while God was under control. And I just was curious how you, how you reconcile the, the peace and the solace that you would take as a believer, as I am, um, but at the same time, understanding that, you know, the, the world could, could implode while we're taking solace that God's in control. Uh, yeah, that's actually a great question. Um, you know, Paul actually uh, writes about slavery in, in Scripture, about that God is not here to, uh, at this time, undo the, the unjust structures of the world, but to bring justice overall, and that in first, what is it, is it in Titus or, or which have you, the um, tries to get the slave master, the slave to reconcile and see each other as, as brothers, um, God, God was not coming or Christ was not coming to up in Caesar's world, uh, but to bring about a new world that would take time. I, I, I will do one more directly for you, Jarvis, than, than the institution of slavery. Uh, my wife has an incurable form of cancer. There is nothing I can do on heaven or earth to save my wife uh, from her That's cancer. And, and I will tell you that uh, life is it fair and life sucks? And I do sometimes wonder, God, why why do we have to go through this? But then I remember the, the, the story in the history that um, we had God loved us so much that he was willing to come to this God-forsaken place as a man, That's live right. a perfect life, was tortured, beaten, battered, bruised, crown of thorns placed on his head, nailed to a cross, spear sad into his side, and he died. And if that was the end of the story, well, I, I would not have much hope. Um, but he right. loved us so much, he conquered death, that though we got to go through this life, we know there's a better eternity for us. And the moral of the story being that uh, he didn't come and overthrow the institutions of the world. He lived through those awful, unjust institutions with us, um, that we can put our trust in him and not in the institutions of the world, that uh, though there is injustice today, there will be justice coming. That's man, that's awesome, Eric. That is the perfect answer, and that's the piece that I was missing and and sadly forgetting um, is that our our you know our heaven is not going to come here on this earth. It's to endure um, and to, to obey and re- receive our reward on the other side. Yeah, I you know, so I mean, it, I just me. I gotta say, and and, and I'll, I'll keep you on here. I won't cut you off on this one. Um, life sucks sometimes. It is not fair. Uh, and you look at people yeah. who get away with all sorts of bad things, and, and you wonder, how could this be so? And honestly, it's one of the reasons I take comfort in the doctrine of hell, that uh, people may escape justice in this life, but they, they're not going to escape God. Uh, and and that right. gives me comfort, um, that all of us uh, should face his justice, but we can put our trust in Christ and, 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 and be given a grace that we don't find and our job as believers in this world is to love our neighbor, irrespective of where they are in life, try to be a good neighbor. And sometimes that's really hard. I mean, there are days where I don't even love my kids, let alone my neighbor. <laughs> I, don't, I know what you mean. But it's hard, mean. man. It is. And, and sometimes you look at what's going on and you're thinking, how on earth can there be a God? Look at all this stuff. And then I remember, yeah. I mean, look at what happened to him. And, and I, I, I believe it's true so I can get through it. So 
Thank you for the call. I appreciate it a ton. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Um, yeah, not to get all theological on you, but you know, so during commercial break, <laughs> I I don't want to go into the beginning of the conversation, but um, so Philip was saying they had to leave leave somewhere early last night because their 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 kid was exhausted and was having a meltdown. Their eleven month old. I was like, you just gotta you gotta embrace the, the the ability of your kid to get shot of stuff. I said it's it's like the the upside of having a wife with cancer. <laughs> Didn't mean it that way, but you know, you, you got to take your wins where you can get them. My wife has cancer, and I can tell you, I'm more likely to throw down the cancer card than my wife. Like, I'm sorry, we can't come. She's not feeling well. I, I'm sorry, uh, chemo issue. Sorry, we got to get out of this. My wife's like, I will plow through it, come hell or high water. I'm going to this thing, even though I'm miserable. It's like, no, you know, sometimes throw down the cancer card and just say no. I'm not coming to this thing because I don't feel good. I got cancer. She does not want to do it. I'm the one who wants to do it. And then, of course, she will point out to me, it's like, dude, you've been sick for three days and you're still at work. You haven't taken a sick day. Why don't you throw down the I'm sick card? Well, to each his own, I suppose. Touche, I would say. It is so easy. Uh, We might as well just just forget everything else I was going to talk about. Jarvis, this is your fault. Tony Stark computer that you don't claim to be. I actually love the name Jarvis, by the way. Um, I think it's a cool name even before uh, Tony Stark turned him into a computer. But it is really easy. It's real easy to slip into despair these days. Hey, y'all, it, it really is easy to slip into despair these days. Because we have a 24-7 news cycle, and if it bleeds, it leads. It, it, it really, it, it, if it bleeds, it leads. The despair is all over the TV because the, the doomsday scenarios, they're the ones that get people coming back for more. Am, am I going to die today? I better turn into the news and find out. Am I going to die today? The catastrophizing that you see on the TV news, it's good for ratings, but you can, it's so easy to process it. It's so easy to be consumed by it. And so it's so easy to be drawn to despair, but not just be drawn to despair, but to tribally divide yourself up in a way that uh, you only surround yourself with like-minded people who think the same way, who live the same way. And then you lose touch with people. You, you fall out of touch with those who have a different worldview. And you can, it becomes very easy to see them as bad or, or uh, you, just, you don't know anything about them. It's, it's like the left for so long in this country uh, has had the hardest time articulating the arguments of the pro-life movement, while the pro-life movement can do a very fair job of telling you why people support abortion, even if they disagree. Because the left isolated themselves. The people on the right are doing it as well. But it's not just people on the left and right. It's people across not just the political spectrum, but the life spectrum. They 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 alienate themselves from others. Uh, we become so isolated as a people. And we surround ourselves with fewer and fewer people who live a life differently than us. It becomes real hard to love our neighbor. And, you know, I used to be one of those people who... Would would say love your neighbor means well if I've got a if I've got a neighbor who's transgender I need to stand outside their house with a bullhorn and tell them to repent because they're going to burn in hell and I don't want them to burn in hell so I got to do something and you know I, I having gone to gone to seminary and actually studied the scripture that is not what it means at all. In fact, when when Jesus says you love your neighbor, he was casting this in a frame uh, of Roman society where he didn't come to upend. Uh, the world of Caesar, but he came to pull people out of it, but in the process of pulling it out of it to have them reflect that new world. 
And in that new world, you would actually have relationships with your neighbors. And in the Roman Empire, people were not very nice. It's like going to New York. You go to New York, people say, oh, they're all very rude. They leave you alone. They don't make eye contact. Well, that's kind of like Roman society was. They, they left you alone. They didn't like you. You didn't speak the language. You, you, you had an accent. Uh, you were treated badly. They, they did not treat their neighbor like a member of their family. And what Jesus was saying was treat people like your family. You have people in your family you don't like, you don't get along with them, but you get together and, and you're civil to each other in uh, holiday conversations. And just you may have a neighbor who you despise because they're political views or something, but you can still civilly, you can get along with them. You, you can find a way to not be a jerk to them, and they may still be a jerk to you. And you know what Scripture says is you be nice to them heaps burning coals on their conscience. It does. Me standing on the street corner yelling at my neighbor, repent or you're going to burn in head, doesn't heap burning coals on them. It makes me look like a jerk. But being kind to them, well, one, it may lead them my way. Um, there's a woman some of you know. Her name is Rosaria Butterfield. Rosaria Butterfield was a, a college professor and a lesbian activist who excoriated uh, evangelicals and, in fact, targeted a Reformed church in her community that was uh, preaching that uh, her lifestyle was sin. And she decided she was going to read the Bible so that she could argue with them. And the preacher at this church decided she hated him so much, she probably ought to take her out to dinner. And he, his wife, took her out to dinner and began regular dinner conversations with her, and she hated them and everything they stood for. And they continued to go to dinner every week. He'd pay the bill. He and his wife would check in on her if she was sick. She's now one of the loudest voices in evangelicalism, joined the church, left behind her lifestyle, uh, is now a, a, a Christian reformer, uh, a brilliant writer, converted because instead of standing on the street corner telling her, repent, you're going to burn in hell, they actually invited her to dinner and built a relationship. Uh, and I think too often we forget to build relationships with people we disagree with, to build relationships with people who don't look like us. And in the, res in the result, we isolate ourselves to people who look and sound just like us, and we forget there's a whole world out there. Tim Keller one time said that uh, if we're all made in the image of God, which if you're a believer, you believe is true, then there's something, there's an aspect of him in every one of us we can learn from. Even if we wind up not liking the person or disagreeing with them overall, there's some aspect of them that we can see it reflects the image of God. And so we should take time to learn about the other other person and what they what they say. Larry, I'm going to let you be the last caller today, and I'm going to shut up. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm great. What's going on? Well, uh, this has been on my mind for a lot, and you uh, touched on it today, and, and I think it means a lot. Uh, yes, religion is uh, part of our country, one nation under God. And when you stand up there and take an oath of office, no matter what it is, presidency, uh, you know, the Homeland Security chief, whatever else, you take an oath and you place your hand on a Bible, I think that's what they did. That oath is not to be broken. That oath is not only to us here in the United States, but it's to God. Mm -hmm. And God does not like people who break oaths. I agree. And I, 
you know, I, I, I made a promise and I, I went through a divorce and that, that's hurt me and I hate that. But I, I know I did wrong and the other party was too. So there we go. But I don't know how these people that are in office that don't do their job, that completely forget about what they're supposed to be doing, what they swore they would do. And now God's going to be judging our country and them. You know, I, I got to say, well, first of all, he, he's going to judge everybody, including our country. I mean, that that's that's scriptural. He's he's no country lasts forever. I just refuse to bet against America right now. I, I, we're only in decline by choice. But I, again, um, there's you're either going to face justice in this life or the next. And I think a lot of our politicians on both sides of the aisle should be more mindful of that. And I think, frankly, when you have a president of the United States who declares himself a practicing Catholic and Christian, he probably should be a little more mindful of that himself. Um, There will be justice in this lifetime or the next. Now, we got to move on. Sorry, folks. I I, I blame Jarvis again, but it was a good conversation. Jarvis, I'm glad you called. Y'all, Swiss America is trying to teach you how to save your hard-earned assets because, I mean, you see what's going on in Washington and with the economy and the economic turmoil around the world, and more so, I've become more and more mindful of the number of businesses that don't want me to pay in cash and then use your credit card in some cases. Uh, they want to control what you can buy with. I talked to you the other day about a credit union that changed the terms of its service, that you couldn't use your debit card from that uh, credit union to be able to buy a gun. It's a secret war on cash. Chris, Swiss America has a report out on it. It's free. You should read it. You can get it by calling or texting my name, Eric Erickson, to 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency, government and business together conspiring against you and how you spend your money. Get the secret war on cash report for free. Just, again, mention Eric Erickson when you call or text 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646. You can also go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Or call or text my name, Eric Erickson, to 800-289-2646. Get the secret war on cash report completely for free. Message and data rates may apply. Hello there. Welcome. So I got to I got to say I'm deeply frustrated. We're waiting for the uh, verdict in the civil civil fraud trial of Donald Trump. We expect a verdict today. According to media outlets, they are breathlessly, they don't know what to cover, Fawny Willis or, or, or this trial in, in New York. And of course, the judge is going to wait until after I'm off the air to render the verdict. I can tell you what's probably going to happen, given the way the trial has gone, is that Trump is going to lose and he's going to have to put up a lot of money to appeal. Um, they, he, he, he is being bled dry whether you think it's deserved or not. But it's still not like Navalny in Russia. I mean, the man's got an appellate process. Uh, he's alive. He's not poisoned. Uh, he can still fly around on his plane. Uh, the inability of people to distinguish these days is remarkable. But um, I, I suspect he's going to lose based on the way the trial has gone. And also, I, I think it, it it has to be pointed out that his lawyers made some horrible judgments along the way. Uh, horrible, horrible decisions were made by his own lawyers along the way. Now, I, I got to get to Peggy Noonan because 
Ezra Klein today has come out with a podcast. Ezra Klein is a left-wing voice, and Ezra Klein says that it, it's it's panic time. The Democrats need to do an intervention. They need to get Biden off the ballot. There's time. This is Peggy Noonan today. The only time Democrats get excited now is when the subject is Donald Trump. Then they get marvelously worked up. An official of the administration called to let off steam. Trump says NATO doesn't pay its bills. Has anyone noticed the irony? Donald Trump is the biggest deadbeat in history. How many hundreds of contractors did he stiff through his career? Blah, 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 blah. But when the subject is Joe Biden, they're depressed. They have accepted that he is the inevitable nominee and explains the reasons. I can't get myself to buy them. The thinking is too limited, too weary, and defensive about life. And so, a last stab at why it doesn't have to be this way. Mr. Biden is stuck at 39%. Mr. Trump is leading. A large majority of the country thinks he's too old for the job. It's not that his walk is slow or stilted, not that he occasionally loses his thought. It's that the presidency is a speaking role, and he can't make a sustained case on Ukraine, Israel, illegal immigration, all the great issues. This leaves things confused without a central voice and makes people nervous. There's too much mystery around the White House. They say he's fine when he's well-rested, but events don't knock softly on the door and ask if you're ready for them. This is what Democrats argue. There is nobody else, but there is. Here we summon the usual names, starting with Gavin Newsom and more, but there are others. And then she goes through all the Democrats' excuses and say, you've still got time, Democrats, if you really want to win, but you don't seem to want to win. You just seem to want Joe Biden. Y'all, the polling hasn't been wrong so far, and that same polling that's been right so far has Donald Trump kicking Joe Biden's butt.